drowning in blues and cotton candy pink. Tipsy to the end Ryan Redabaugh is an actor, musician, composer, and producer. He is a composer for film, TV, games, and commercial media. Most notably, he wrote the score for the award-winning rebranding film campaign for the UK Scout Association, Skills for Life, preparing both young boys and girls with the skills they need to succeed in life. He also scored the award-winning feature documentary, What's Love Got to Do With It?, featuring thought-provoking leaders including author and minister Michael Bernard Beckwith and psychologist Dan Siegel. He has scored numerous independent narrative films that have won awards in the festival circuit ranging from heartfelt dramas including Then by Millennia Pictures to intense thrillers like Nights of Being Loose, directed by Nikolai Shatinkin. Ryan's music has been licensed for television and can be heard airing in over 30 series, including Discovery's Shark Week, Comedy Central's Daily Show, as well as various programming for HBO, History Channel, Biography, MTV, and Netflix. In addition to being a composer, Redabaugh is an experienced singer-songwriter and record producer with three original LP credits to his name in the pop rock genre. He is currently working on a feature documentary with a university about domestic violence. He attends Columbia College Chicago's graduate MFA program in scoring for the screen, recently ranked as the third best scoring program worldwide by The Hollywood Reporter. Before attending Columbia, he received his BFA in drama at New York University's Tisch School of the Arts. He brings to his work an enthusiasm for music, storytelling, creativity, and collaboration. You can find his portfolio at his website, ryanredabaugh.com. You can download some of his music or stream it on Bandcamp or Spotify. Catch some of his videos on YouTube. You can find him on Facebook. You can find him at Ryan Redabaugh Music and on Instagram at Ryan Redabaugh. Hello again, Ryan Redabaugh. Hello, Isaac. <laughs> you and I met uh, in Williamsport, Pennsylvania, I believe while you were still living there. Is that correct? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I want to say it was 2011, I think. I was home for, for a, a year or so, and I, I think we, we connected there. Were you already in New York, and then you came back for a, a brief period, or were you yet to go to New York? Uh, I had been in New York, I think, at that point, uh, I want to say, I, I, for my college experience. Uh, so I, I did NYU uh, theater, uh, and uh, so I, I had been in New York at that point at least... I want to say two or three years by that point, maybe maybe four. You went to New York specifically to go to school, is that correct? Correct. Yeah, yeah. I started. Uh, I started at Penn State for a year or so, and then I, I really I had always enjoyed music and acting, but I think uh, at that point I hadn't really considered those as potential majors in a college setting. And uh, my freshman year, uh, I had taken an acting class and really fell in love with the, the craft and uh, the scene study and the collaboration. And at that point I was like, well, I'd really like to explore this further. And I had a teacher there who was like, you should go to uh, uh, New York for like a summer and take some acting training at a studio. And uh, just kind of put more fuel to the fire and fell more in love with it. And at that point I eventually came to decide I wanted to go to go to school for acting. And I wanted to like, go the uh the studios that i was training at were affiliated with nyu so i knew i wanted to to pursue that path uh so that's what brought me to to new york and while you were there i believe after interviewing you the first time around uh, i caught either your reel or a clip that you had shared but you were on you had some like 
some featured background roles. I, there was one in particular where you yeah. were a bartender, I believe, right? Yeah, that, that would have been a Pan Am. Uh, so I, I, after school, I think when I met you, I came home for a year. I, I wrote a lot of music. And I think, too, I was also just needing to get away from New York City for, for a good minute. And I just really enjoyed, uh, you know, our, our town is pretty rural, suburban kind of area. Uh, I just enjoyed that year of kind of peace and quiet. I feel like that ever since I've been living in cities, I'm in Chicago now. Um, I feel like that that year was one of the most peaceful years I ever had. So I, I look back on it fondly. I, I, I was able to tap in, write a lot of uh, new song material during that year as well. And then when I decided to, to go back to New York, I, I was deciding what to do next. Uh, I was still in my early 20s at that point. Uh, so I was kind of sussing out like life direction and all that. I, I decided, well, I have for all these friends in New York. I have these musician friends, actor friends. I have these communities that I really enjoy and I'm still in touch with. And so I think after a year at home, I was really ready to just plug back in and go back to New York and ended up staying in the city for at least another 10 years or so, all in all 13, um, uh, just moved out uh, from last summer. But but yeah, once once I got back into New York, I plugged into uh, background work. Uh, so, so doing a lot of extra work on various film and TV sets of all, all types and getting a sense of different types of productions. And uh, a lot of those experiences where you are one of many, but some of those became very cool experiences where you're either selected um, to, to be a little, a little more featured in a scene or you actually get to do some acting uh, with the, the leads on the day. So so I, I, I cherish that experience and uh, uh, I'm happy it had a, an end mark because after a while, you know, very early morning hours, late night hours, uh, set conditions, you know, not, not always being ideal. It was nice to, to kind of step away from that, but I, I, I very much cherish those experiences and, uh, had a blast. Had a blast uh, being being around some of these productions. Uh, so I want to ask. You know, I'm not from uh, from Williamsport, which is where we met. I spent mm -hmm. eight years there, which is a lot of time. What was that transition like for you, going from there, the peace and quiet, but a place that could build, help you build your burgeoning art skills, then coming to a major city, a worldwide major city. Um, now going to Chicago, which is an incredibly artistic town, um, mm -hmm. less populated than New York, but still a very big city. What's that like for you? Can you still identify with rural Pennsylvania, with small town USA after being in cities for so long? Absolutely. I think, you know, I think it's two sides of one coin. I, th I think the life experiences uh, are on paper two very wildly different day-to-day -day experiences, uh, but I, I, I think I relate to both sides. I definitely think it's influenced like who, who I am. And artistically too, I think you can tap into your artistic kind of community, whether that's big or small, and even in your own work, you know, be, be really vibrant uh, as an artist uh, in, in both of those. I do think in a, a smaller, kind of setting where there is not a lot of noise pollution or the thing about the cities, there's so much energy kind of happening nonstop and it, it can be really difficult at times to kind of unplug from that energy. Um, 
and to always feel like you need to be producing or creating something or being productive um, uh, versus in a quiet or suburban neighborhood, I feel like it's, it's you, you tap in more quickly to, to, to that artistic flow and that creative flow uh, versus in, in a, a city environment, I, I can totally see, you know, needing to kind of find some quiet within yourself to maybe have a more productive writing session or, or whatever it is you're doing. Um, so I see those kind of being the two differences, but definitely, you know, I think being a vibrant artist in both as an individual and also in a collective community, you know, both are, you know, very, very possible uh, in both settings. My understanding was, oh, you're becoming an actor. But then at some point I saw that, what well, there's a lot of music happening with this dude. <laughs> Many of us are in multiple art forms or we have multiple facets to ourselves as artists. Mm -hmm. Was that just all happening at the same time for you while you were in New York? Like, okay, there's opportunity for acting and there's opportunity for music and there's this and that. Or was it that you really found your footing more with music over time and so you decided to give that more of your energy? For the longest time, I, I just really... I love both, and I, I think by nature, creative-driven individuals, and I think everyone's really creative, uh, whatever outlet that takes. Um, but I, I think by nature, people who engage in the arts, I think, excel at multiple areas, and very often they become known maybe for that one thing, but you know, secretly or not so secretly, they're also doing all these other things. Um, so for me, I, I just always, uh, you know, from being a kid into early adulthood and, and into adulthood now, I just really resonated with both. And I, I, I love both kind of arenas. Um, I think over time, and I think for the longest time in New York, while, while I was in New York, I was trying to do both and equally split my focus between these two things. and. That became that became pretty challenging, I think, you know, over the longer run. And I always felt like, man, like I, I never wanted to just focus on one thing or concentrate on just one thing because I, I love both so much. Um, but I think over time I started to recognize, you know what, like I'd really love to kind of just channel my focus more and more into one thing. Um, I think too naturally music kind of like I if an opportunity came along to to play a part in a film, like an indie film or something like I would, if, if available, I, I'd love to do that. And I think it'd be so much fun still to do those kind of things. Um, but I think over time music kind of won out for me, like my, my passion and energy behind any kind of musical project, it just fill, filled me with so much joy and acting did as well. Um, but I, I always felt with acting like the second you really committed to a character, like a lot of those stakes are are pretty high in in a dramatic storytelling setting, and you know those. If you're really committing as an actor, those experiences, you know, they kind of. I I had difficulty keeping some level of space between myself as a actor and the the, the characters that I would portray, whether that was a project or even just in a, a classroom setting. Um, whereas music. The time always kind of sped by, like I lost track of time, um, and I, I was just so engaged with it, and I, and I still am. And I think over the years, I just recognized this is this is really where my passion lies. Like, 
I'd, I'd still love to see the acting thing through was kind of playing through my head, but I, I, I really started to resonate more and more with any kind of musical creativity, be, be it songwriting. And, and then eventually I, I started getting into scoring and that's kind of where I'm channeling my focus now. But I, I just, I love the collaboration too that went with it. I loved making music with friends and that's kind of how it started for me. Um, music has always been kind of self-taught for me and it was a very individual thing for a while, but you know, growing up, I was always in bands of some sort and those experiences making music with good friends is like, to me, the, the height of what music is. And then to share that in, in a live setting or in a recorded form, um, I just, it's, it's a process that I would never tire of. And I love exploring, you know, different kind of musical kind of genres too, and, and getting creative and, you know, finding a sense of voice, but also allowing yourself to, to kind of stretch and challenge yourself in new ways and explore different sides of, of a musical voice. So I think for these days, like I, I, I'm definitely, you know, acting is, is still in the periphery, but, but I, I really, I've kind of honed in on music. I've put all my chips in on music. And I'm, I'm, ever since I kind of made that decision, uh, I've been loving every minute of it. And uh, for me, the, the turning point was deciding to go to Columbia College Chicago, do a, a master's program in, in scoring and really, you know, make a firm commitment to, to this path. And ever since I've been focused on that, I just, I just feel like, yeah, like this is the right, this is the right path for me. And this is uh, the, the best outlet for me, you know, creatively. Michael Bernard Beckwith, and what is it that you like about him? I first came across him in the the documentary The Secret that came out like a long, long time ago. But then I, like, I, I've never met the gentleman, um, but he crossed my path again. I, I was scoring a documentary. It was it was really just starting to get into scoring work. Vis-a-vis -vis through songwriting, I had a buddy who was aware of my songwriting work, and he, he, he really kind of pushed me into, like, the scoring arena, encouraging me. Um, uh, to, to really explore that and, and we, we collaborated on a couple uh, kind of corporate videos um, and so I, I, I put in for a documentary as a feature independent documentary uh, what's love got to do with it and he Michael was one of the uh, the interviewees in this uh, piece and uh, so I obviously when you, like scoring a piece you're, you're spending a lot of time you know with the footage and you're it's like you, you can recite, especially in a documentary, everyone's a talking head essentially. So it's like, there's a lot of dialogue. Um, Michael was one of maybe 10 or so, maybe more um, folks who were interviewed for this documentary, uh, really just kind of covering all facets of love, um, you know, mother, love between, you know, parents and children, uh, romantic love, spiritual kind of side of things as well. 
so Michael commented on a, a lot of those kind of different areas uh, throughout the film. And I, I really enjoyed like, like his, his segments. Like I, like you say, uh, just really an engaged person, very enthused, um, lots of enthusiasm and just like it, it translates, you know, on, on camera, just like that zest for life uh, and really meaning what you say. I always valued his, uh, especially in the film, his sound bites, essentially like his, his quotes, just very connected to life. And uh, so anytime like his segments would come around, I was really determined, like, oh, I gotta like do justice with the music. I gotta, I gotta like, I guess in a way he made my work easier on that project because like the segments were so inspired already and the music could really just kind of sit underneath that to further inspire. I almost felt like uh, during those moments, almost being like like if he were speaking to a congregation, like being on the side and, you know, playing the soft synths in the background to like really get that inspirational vibe kind of going. So, so yeah, yeah. He, uh, he circled back around through that, through that project and, um, uh, that that just went live a couple couple months ago for Valentine's Day. Um, so it's cool to to rewatch that and having you know a couple years in between working on it and seeing it again to kind of hear you know some of those thoughts and ideas uh, you know after the fact. So when you look back at your musical timeline, you got involved in bands in Williamsport musical projects, and now you're scoring for films. You're in this whole other place. So. How would you describe Ryan Redabaugh, the musician back then, as opposed to Ryan Redabaugh, the musician now? And how has that changed you? Hmm. That's, a, that's a great question. Uh, I, I've been thinking about this actually pretty, pretty recently. Um, I, I mostly played sports growing up. And uh, I remember, you know, in sports, there's a winner and a loser. And if, if you're on defense, the best you can do is stop the big play from happening. The worst you can do is let the touchdown score and, you know, you feel like, oh, man. Uh, and then I remember going to see a concert, uh, like a, a rock show, and thinking, oh, man, like, there's you can't do no wrong. There's no wrong you can do here. Like, you play songs, you entertain people, you, you, you kind of share, share music, and it's celebrated. And I was like, that is so cool. Um, so I got into songwriting and and playing with bands and recording music. Uh, so I'd say I'd say that kind of side of things was was my uh, you know true beginnings uh, in music. Once I started getting into you know writing music uh, as a songwriter and recording and performing that, and then since as you mentioned have have kind of gotten into the scoring side of things. Um, so I, I see that transition. Essentially, it's funny you mention that because that's something I've been wrestling with for for a while. As far as like, what is what is the artistic voice as a songwriter? How is that different than as a a composer uh, for from visual media? Um, are they different? You know what what does one sound like versus the other? Can they relate at all? Um, and then underneath that, you start to recognize, oh wait a minute, like you're still the same creative energy, you know, creating music and writing music that's going to one or the other, but it's that, that same kind of artistic voice. Uh, so, so that's something I've, I've currently been, you know, really working on both finding a voice, like what is, what is my 
voice as a, a musician uh, or writer and and not necessarily splitting those two apart um, but letting letting that same artistic instinct kind of take shape and form and influence what I do uh, in one or the other um, and not being too not making it a dichotomy uh, like a split kind of thing but but allowing both to to kind of come together in a way um, and I, I think too over time your voice grows I think whether it's music or anything else I think your your creative and artistic expression evolves over time you know we are not the same person we were since last we spoke you know several years ago um, it, it's like the evolution of an individual and the expression of that individual over time and I, I think you know it's it's a fun ride because you listen back to something you did years ago and it, it may not even resonate anymore because you're you're a completely different person and artist um, so it's it's really fun to see that arc kind of take shape and I think along the way just like something I'm trying to do is you know just trust in that arc and allow it to kind of take shape and evolve encourage yourself to take chances uh, creatively and explore new terrain that you otherwise might not. Um, something I'm doing right now, I, I just finished a semester here, so I'm starting to plug back into some of the songwriting work. And it's so easy to get back into old habits of like, oh, well, like, this is what I've done before with song. Uh, and, you know, writing towards a certain kind of idea, almost like an acting where it's like you can play the idea of a scene and, and really kind of miss those moment to moment things that really make a scene come come to life. Uh, so I see that in music too. Um, so I'm, I'm, I'm challenging myself to really stay open and allowing the unexpected kind of moments to happen and to, to, to start to follow some of those threads and, and kind of go, go for the ride in that way. It's almost like surfing. It's kind of like you're, you're riding the wave of, you know, creative output uh, and, and as the, waves cresting you can't like judge the wave and like try to steer the wave like you just gotta you gotta go with it so so los angeles is next for you that's that's the that's the tentative plan uh for, for the time being and of course you know if opportunity arises elsewhere you know definitely gonna again remain open to, to considering uh if the wave wants to kind of go that way so but yeah uh la is the temporary plan would like to get uh, you know, kind of rooted out there and get connected with the, uh, the film, film music world out there and also video games. With all those different art forms and your advancing skills at all of them, that really kind of allows you to take a, a lot of different types of jobs. Have you had survival gigs since following your art? Do you still have a survival gig or are you able to get by on just the art now? Uh, so yeah, New York was a lot of survival gigs, like everything under the sun. Um, like you, I'd I also, my first job was tour guide at Radio City Music Hall, and I did that for a good year and a half, uh, I want to say. Um, so, and then, and then a, lot of, a lot of work on set, uh, doing the extra work, doing the stand-in work, um, you know, just pouring hours into set, like 14-hour days on set. Um, brand ambassador, you know, working different events, working like New York Fashion Week, working, you know, you know, 
seeing cruise ships like set sail, ushering people on, on uh, working, you know, big fancy parties, uh, catering for like a minute. Um, and I, I, I was staying engaged in a lot of those different types of odds and ends for m much of my time in, in New York, like either between projects or, or even just on the side, you know, st doing a lot of that work. And I, I think I got I got so burnt out doing it uh, for for the, the amount of time that I was doing it. It was like there's no semblance of a regular week. Every week was different. Even if I was just doing set work, it was like every day was a different set, a different crew and production and different hours. And it, it was nuts. Like I, I got to know all the neighborhoods in the city like really well because like these locations were all over the place. I drove like a, a a car for work for for a month before an ac accident that kind of lost me that job. Um, so it's just just all, all 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 types of adventures, and I, I think all that kind of fueled me recognizing my energy had been going to all these different things, and then creatively to like going to music, going to auditions, you know, acting projects, putting things on tape all the time for for casting agents. And I just, I got really frazzled, fried doing that. And I, I was like, I just feel like, I, I started to feel like I, I wasn't really super in control of my, my path at that point. And I was just kind of trying to do everything, trying to do way too much and starting to recognize uh, I, I, I really got to sit down and, and start to channel my focus and, and really decide what, what is it that I really want to go after and, and, and kind of spend my time doing. Um, so I think all, all, all those years of doing those odds and ends really kind of, you know, led me to that desire and realization of like, oh man, like if I, if I just keep, keep on like this, it's going to be another five years and I'm, I'm still doing all, trying to do all these things. Um, so that's, that's kind of, you know, what, 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 what kind of led me in this direction. And then now in Chicago, my, my, my grad program here is pretty full time. So uh, I'm, I'm pretty focused on that for the time being uh, and, and really just not, not letting, you know, too much of anything kind of interfere with that, that focus. So, so I'm, a, I'm a, technically a full-time student at the moment and I'm happy to, happy to do that for, for the a couple of years here. Until recently, Uber and Lyft driving were the predominant survival gig for all actors in New York. I thought about it too for like a minute, like a hot minute. I was like, you know what? Maybe, but no. <laughs> oh, I, Ryan, I absolutely loathed this city until I stopped driving in it. Once I started, oh, wow. once I started taking transit, it was like, oh, this is like actor heaven. I, I absolutely loved it. Every time I've been through Chicago has been uh, in a car, unless it's like a, a layover on a flight. Nowhere are there more aggressive drivers than Chicago. This is so true. It's it's complete opposite, and it was it, it was a brutal awakening moving here to recognize that being the case. Because as you said in New York, it's like the pedestrian rules the road, and like you know, you're as a driver, you're constantly looking out for bikes and pedestrians and what the other person is doing, essentially, and trying to not hit anyone. Because uh, as you said, like super gutsy. But in Chicago, it's the complete opposite. Like the driver rules the road. If, if, if the pedestrian has the right of way, 
they really don't. It's still the driver has the right of way. Uh, so that's that's just a, 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 I don't know. I don't know why it's like that. It's maddeningly frustrating at times, but it's just like, you know, you got to, so, so like 13 years living in New York, like I've, I've had to like reverse that psychology and like really just not even engage with some of these drivers because they're just so aggressive and uh, it's, it's insane. So yeah, it'll be an interesting experience for you having Pennsylvania, you know, rural experience, massive city life of New York and East Coast, Chicago kind of in the middle. LA is going to be a, a real different game for you, for sure, but it, probably a fun adventure for you. Yeah, I I I was born in uh, San Diego, but as a kid, you know, you your experience of a, of a place is you know through through a kid's you know point of view. <laughs> but I, f I feel like by nature, having kind of lived my first like nine or ten years out there, I, I I've always secretly wanted to like go back mm. um and i even like wrote a, a song about it like goes to the coast of california of like wanting to to go back to to california and it's, it's funny to like fast forward now and it's like actually that's kind of the direction i've set for my life um but but yeah I, I i'm looking forward to like the the california chapter and you know it's it's been fun to experience you know so many different types of settings um but i any any like trip to California, it's always such a pleasant time of like, you know, I, I, I love the idea that the weather's beautiful year year long. I love, you know, the, the, the coastline and, and all that. So I'm I'm looking forward to it. With the stuff that you're doing now focusing primarily on scoring, right? Correct, yeah. You're not doing a lot of and you're going to school, so you don't have a lot of time to write your own personal music probably right now, correct? For the for the most part, yes. Uh Drain, drain breaks, drain like semester breaks. I, I kind of turn to that, uh, that outlet again. So you know, coming out of you know this uh, spring semester, this summer, I'm planning to to keep keep on with that. Um, we we shared a record last summer, uh, which was kind of like the culmination of a few years of a project. Uh, so that was a big kind of release year. But uh, I, I've already you know, during these breaks, been been writing. Uh, like new material so i'm i i'm deciding if i want to do another like kind of album or do like an ep kind of thing and i'm also starting uh, even before like coronavirus and the lockdown like uh i was starting to like you know produce a lot of this at home in my home studio here versus you know tracking with an engineer um in, in a different location so so yeah, yeah. This summer, I'm planning to to kind of dive dive more into the songwriting thing because uh, that's just something I, I I love it so much, and like I just I'm always excited by the potential of like a new song, and and seeing that song through. What's doing? What stories and emotions are you needing to share? Yeah, yeah. That, that's it, it's funny because every every time around, you know, I I tend to see, I I still I still don't see some music as like a single. I I, I still see. A collection of batch of songs as being a cohesive album um so every time around you know thinking about like writing another album project you know i it's it's always like you want you, you want to kind of like we were saying earlier it's like you know you want to let things evolve and become new and, and kind of unique and different um when kind of sharing your voice so that's that's just something i'm i'm, I'm kind of 
sussing out like what what is the direction of this but uh it's 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 funny uh a lot of my songwriting too doesn't necessarily like it it has truth in it absolutely for for me personally and like I, I i share myself in these songs but i also feel like especially on the last project got really into storytelling songs so like telling you know stories about people or situations that I might not have experience personally, but like just the very act of like, you know, crafting that narrative in, in a song form is really exciting to me. So I, I think I'd like to follow that kind of trend. So yeah, that's a, a deeper dive for this summer. And, but I'm, I'm really excited to see kind of, kind of what, what, what comes of it. So you frequently do not have a concept or like a hook or a riff in mind when you sit down? Usually it's just, let's just see what happens. A lot of times I, I like to kind of pursue it that way, but that tends to be, you know, less effective, like workflow-wise. Uh, anytime coming at it with a strong idea in mind and intention, and especially if, if you have like, you know, a, a lyrical kind of structure in place already, you know, putting that to music tends to be a lot quicker and, and more efficient. But then you're, it's the, the kind of juggling act of like trying to make one thing fit another thing versus I, even if it takes me longer to, to fully re realize a song, I really like to just let the music kind of happen. And then through that process and letting that music kind of come forth, like start to recognize, oh, like what does this song want to be about? Like, and, you know, maybe some some sounds become words and then it's like okay like let's let's kind of go down th this road with this and then and then to away from the music sit down and start to really like get concrete about you know what the what the, the lyrics are on that note too like I, I i definitely think too as artists like you get so kind of focused in on your work that you forget you know to zoom out every once in a while and so i, I think too for for the folks you bring on myself included like it is really neat, you know, as an artist to, to be like, oh, yeah, like, it's really kind of fun and interesting, like, what I've been up to all, all these hours and, like, to, to kind of zoom out and have that perspective of, like, oh, yeah, it's pretty neat. And, and to have an opportunity to share, to share that story and, and, and that process. And, you know, I, I, think, I think it's, you know, community building. And, you know, I think for, for both listener and interviewee you know it's a it's a very nice nice way to you know connect and and hear hear what's going on in, in someone else's life so, yeah so thanks for having me on isaac I, I appreciate it thank you ryan thanks isaac <laughs>